0: Lands, Ant-Man, and Antichrist. It's time to get your horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 13 of TerraVision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGinnis, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and YouTube. Jennifer, how has your week been?
1: I don't know. What the hell was my week? I don't know um stuff happened we had another cat go to the vet what how many cats so do you have there's there's a lot of cats there's too many cats
0: um huh.
1: they're all rescues but yeah so uh, two weeks to the day that our little kitty went she's got little kitty cancer uh we just had another cat go and have 15 teeth removed
0: how many teeth do cats have that seems like it's all their teeth
1: That's it's pretty much, like, the majority of, of his teeth. So now he just gums all his food.
0: The gummy, um, sh- gummy shark?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: What's that cat's um, name?
1: His his name's Max. But his, like, face was all puffed out, like, crazy puffed out. And he was just, like, <laughs> drooling everywhere. It was really horrible. His oh. little jaw needs to be held together with a plate, too. It's, yeah. Is, it's
0: did, he, not... did he just have, like, bad teeth? Did you not clean your cat's teeth enough?
1: Well, you... You don't really clean they they do it themselves, um, that is true, but it's like a genetic thing, so and who knows, like cats don't tell you that they're sick, you know they're just one day they're not feeling very well, and you notice it, um, and then, yeah, their fifteen teeth get removed, so
0: yeah right that
1: happens, and uh other than that, I just uh hung out at my favorite record shop on the weekend, so underground records, um but I bought up. I spent a little bit too much money on some vinyl, but that's fine. It's not and too much.
0: If you wanted to buy it, that means it's the right amount.
1: Mm, I talk myself into things, though.
0: Where and is that place?
1: Um, So Underground Records, they're in Prospect, on Prospect Road. So they mostly deal with, like, heavy metal and horror soundtracks, well, soundtracks in general.
0: You're right. I should yeah, go down they're there. Great. I, love, I love soundtracks on, on the old records.
1: I know. Well, they have a really cool Evil Dead one that I think you'd like.
0: Ooh.
1: And they did have a Fright Night one the other day.
0: Oh. I can't mm-hmm. remember the Fright Night music as much. Pretty yeah, sure it was good.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I feel that you should own the Hellraiser one. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I hung out with you. Excellent. That was just so much fun.
0: It was. We hung out yesterday and we watched all the movies that we're going to talk about today together. Oh, many yeah, movies. Basically.
1: Right. So we, much
0: fun. We basically did three homework sessions, like watching right. m- movies together. So you guys get a extra boost of homework this week, as in like...
1: Overachieving horror. Yes. How about you? How's your week been?
0: Um, I basically play Grounded, um, which is on Xbox Game Pass, which is uh, basically... If you, do you remember The Forest? That like scary yes. game where you're stranded on an island, there's cannibals. It's basically that for kids. So it's... Um, sure. It's set in, like, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids universe. So you've been shrunk down as a kid in the backyard, and there's all these, like, bugs around, like, an ecosystem of bugs and spiders and gnats and, like, everything. And you collect sticks, and, you know, you make a spear, then you can make, like, a a tent to save that. It's exactly the same, like, as uh, the forest, but, like, just a different, like, backgrounds and redraws and stuff like that. But I reckon it'll be really popular. People are going to get heaps into this game, I reckon.
1: Mm, Hmm. I like that.
0: And apart from that, um, I basically just went to Starbase Collectibles and uh, hung out with the guys there for a while and had, had some, uh, some burritos, watched some films, oh, watched Body so Melch, good. Uh which nice. I'm not going to talk about because I watched too many. I had to pick and choose this week.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Watched uh, yeah, one of
1: those weeks.
0: Yeah. Watched, played a bit of uh, Mega Drive games on the old Mega Drive Mini. <laughs> uh,
1: I, that Mini was worth the money.
0: I know. Right, the, the, the base 40 games are really good.
1: But, of yeah, course, like I, me,
0: me being me, we mod ours and I put more games on it.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I was playing, like, I bought it purely for the original ToeJam & Earl, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's heaps of good games on there, like, just.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, lovely ones.
1: Lovely. <laughs> They're lovely. They are
0: lovely. Anyhow, let's get into what we've been watching this week. So, let's do our single movies first, we've only got one movie each that we watched singularly. Um, yeah. I'll go first this week. But of course. I watched Tremors. Yeah, Tremors from 1990. You know, you haven't seen this, have you? Have you?
1: I I, re- I vaguely remember bits and pieces of it from my childhood, but, like, I can't say that I've, like, seen it in its entirety.
0: Mm. Well, I, um, so this is, yeah, it was not, came out in 1990. It's directed by uh, Ron Underwood. He's done other movies like City Slickers, which is very similar vibe, as in, like, you know, okay. in the, um, that kind of side of America and the outback rural America or country America, mm-hmm. really. I'm not actually sure where Tremors is set, but it's set in a place which is outback, and on one side they have cliffs, on the other side they have cliffs, (laughs) so they're like very isolated. It's basically like the town of Uzumaki, where you just can't get out of it. Um, Okay, sure. It stars Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward um, Mm -hmm. as Val and Earl. Fred Ward, you don't see much of him, do you? Like, he's a good-looking man. He's a good, like you know, salt and peppery. Good, friendly—you know, the silent but strong type. And uh, he yeah. is
1: very much, uh, he's very much—he's never a main, but he's always like a really good sort of co-person, like a nice sort of side character.
0: Yeah, like I don't, I don't even know
1: a huge what huge else? list of stuff that he's been in, but it's always like that side sort of. He's never the main character.
0: He's never on the cover of the no. film.
1: Like he's been well, in... he was on Forgotten City. He was, <laughs> yeah. Which is I've never even heard of that film.
0: Oh. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been in like you know he's got like like a hundred films or whatever under his belt or whatever. But uh, yeah. he, oh, he's in a, a, the Crow Salvation.
1: <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing that exists
0: <laughs> that should never existed. Anyhow, he's in it. Uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, Victor Wong's in it. We know him from stuff like Big Shrub and Little China and Prince of Darkness. He's the, uh, mm-hmm. the little, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say Chinese man. Is he from China?
1: Um, hey. Yes. Yes, he is.
0: Um, he plays, he's played lots of great characters. He's got that kind of like, you know, squinty one eye, like he looks old, old dude, uh, you know. He plays the shopkeeper. Yeah. Uh, you've got um, Adriana Richards as well, and she's the girl in Jurassic Park. So the young girl, oh, okay. but she's quite young in this, right? And then you've got the greatest guy, Michael Gross. So, um, Gross, Gross from, um, and he's a dad out of Family Ties.
1: <laughs> oh, fantastic!
0: And apparently, he, um, he started filming Tremors one day after the very last episode of Family Ties, so straight okay. into it. And well,
1: then, I- no rest of the week.
0: Yeah, but I don't think his career, I mean, he did Family Ties and that was, you know, very, very successful. Um, and then Straight to Tremors and then he kind of stayed in the Tremors franchise even when it was going, you know, down the B grade and C grade vibe. And I don't know if he's done much more to tell you the truth.
1: I mean, he's got a pretty long list of, of things that he's been in, but a lot of it, especially after you hit the mid nineties, it's very few and far between. Um, I believe he was in uh, How I Met Your Mother for a, loop, for a short spell.
0: Yeah, right. Hey, do yeah. you know what they do. They did, they've done six Tremors films.
1: I, there's so many Tremors films. I
0: didn't know any of this. There's Tremors 2, which I know about, because that came out, you know, that was still kind of relevant. Tremors yep. 3, which was just Michael Gross, and Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, which is set in the Wild West. Tremors yep. 5, Bloodlines. There always has to be a bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is Michael Gross again. And then you've got the one I've never heard of, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, which looks like it's ice tremors.
1: Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you going to track that one down? Give that one a watch?
0: Nah. Yeah. Because there's too many other good films I could be watching. But, yeah, I kind right. of just do the first one of everything. That's oh, Sometimes they come back. That's one I do want to watch, though, and he's in that.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Um, anyhow, so... For those who don't know what Trammans is about, I'm going to try and read. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to read the? Uh, uh,
1: Would you like me to read your synopsis for you?
0: Yes, I'm not very really good at reading stuff out aloud. The can you read the one for me from the old? Uh, what's it called? Um,
1: yeah. So, Hick Candyman Val and Earl can uh, barely eke out a living in the Nevada hamlet of Perfection. So they decide to leave town, um, despite an uh, a. <laughs> What are these words? I, okay. Fuck who wrote this. Basically, these guys, like, leave town and they pick up odd readings on equipment um, after they sort of come Co- across a – A co-ed. A... Sorry?
0: Oh, okay. So basically there's yeah. this co-ed lady in town <laughs> that's reading seismograph readings for a university, and then um, people start getting killed by 30-foot-long mm-hmm. carnivorous worms – Um, which have three tongues, and each tongue has a mouth on the end of it. Yeah,
1: there you go. We turkeyed it at the beginning, but we got there in the end. We
0: did, we did. Um, I loved this film when I was a kid. Um, This was like one of my, like, you know, I had to draw these worms and stuff. What year did it come out? 1990. So this is like, this is kind of like late, late primary school for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, Draw the worms, you know, have great fun with it. You know, and then number two came out and one of them, they're like, they're little chickens. They're like above ground chickens that. Okay. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, some of my favorite things out of this film, is like, Michael Gross, Gross is, because uh, he's like a, he's like one of those like full gun lover dudes, you know, like the, mm-hmm. you know, basically, you know, you know a, an American gun lover. He's got a basement that he's built. He's got a house, you know, with like a bunker in it basement you know a survival plan and there's this bit where this worm smashes through the um his basement it's a giant you know puppet worm smash through the thing and they just like look all surprised and then they they step back and the camera step pans back with them and you just see behind them is a whole wall of guns and then it's, sure. just, it's just like this like montage of them just grabbing guns, firing a whole clip into this thing, throwing away a gun, grabbing a new gun. Him and his wife are exactly the same. And they're all like, you know, full, um, like hillbilly sounding. Not, not hillbilly, but, you know, that full rough kind of accent. Like, yeah. you know, you grab a little bit redneck. It. Yeah, a little bit redneck. Yeah. And um, then he gets out of He's got a cabinet there with a glass and he smashes it. He's got an elephant gun in there, you know, like the most ridiculous oh, gun. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, shoots his tremor. Uh, well, they called – they actually – it's, it's, it's got a really great scene in it where they, they're trying to work out what they call the monster and they hardly ever do that in films, eh? They're going like, mm, oh, you know, they're called okay. like wormoids, and they end up like, calling them graboids because <laughs> 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 they come up from underground and grab you and pull you down under the under – the, um, underground. Yeah. Anyhow, um, and then, you know, there's this great like, – there's a lot of awesome monster carnage in this and, and also human carnage. So it's just a great – Great monster flick, uh, so and it's got some. It's got some weird things in it. Like they well, really always mentioned how much the monsters stink, and okay. like every time they can, like, you know, they can smell them and like and all that. And I'm like, oh, I always wondered what they smelt like because their their guts is orange and their blood is bright orange, and that just makes you think, oh, they smell so gross. Like mm-hmm. anything that has orange yeah. blood is is just awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, so well, the whole film turns into one of these things where you can't go on the ground. So it basically turns into a giant episode of you know the floor is lava. The floor is lava. <laughs> That's so good. And, yes. and this town that they're in is like you know it's like a six-building town, which they made entirely for the film. Like wow. Uh, yeah, they they got this whole town created it and that, and you can tell because they destroy everything. Like the worms yep. are really clever. Like if they can't get you, they'll start pulling the foundations out of stuff or building traps. Like you know, you, see, you know, uh, falling pit traps and stuff like that. Sure. I don't know how they're that smart. There's no explanation where they come from, which I love. Like they just suddenly <laughs> appear. Um, and yeah, and then you got the, the dynamic of Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward's character, Val and L. Basically, they're 2 They're like you like ha- they're like handymen. They mm-hmm. sleep. They don't have a house. They kind of sleep or they do or something, I don't know. They wake, and they wake up in their, the back of their truck. They sleep sleep in swag. So they live together. They sleep together. They work together, these two mm-hmm. dudes. And, like, you just don't know why they're together so much. And, like, someone, a lot of the reviews are like, oh, the best, like, w- you know, homoerotic film you'll ever see. And I, I don't think it's that. I think it's no. just. I think it's just because there's only like six people in these towns that when you get your best mate, you just stick with him forever. like kind of thing. Yeah, And it's I like, like it. Like hetero
1: life partners, like Jane Silent Bob.
0: Exactly. And I, and, and I love it. And because it's a, you know, there's a very small cast and they're quite good actors. Everyone's yeah. got this really good dynamic together. Everyone are real characters and you just kind of really like them and you, and you root for them. You don't want them to die. Like the main characters. Um, And it's just a, it's just a, Top-notch film. They do a bit where they get dynamite and they throw it out and they do, like, fishing for the monsters.
1: Okay.
0: And, and there's an amazing scene where they blow one up and they're like, yeah, we're wicked. And suddenly it <laughs> just rains down, like, orange guts all over them because they've just blown oh. it up with dynamite. You just see all these, like, chunks of orange flesh with goo hitting them and stuff. Just, just, <laughs> just a great film. Like, so good. Um, I wouldn't – I would. It's horror you know it's borderlining on like just sci-fi monster fun, like yeah, yeah. But I definitely fair
1: well, uh, though. Like if it's a monster, if there's a monster in it, I will sort of just I'll let it slide into the horror category. Yeah, horror horror has such a is such a large umbrella of movie. I feel so it doesn't really matter.
0: It's true, and I mean you always know when something's good. Like you know, this was made Tremors was made in 1990, and then the latest one was made in 2018. So. There's like a lineage out there. There's a love. There are followers. You know that love tremors. So you know, you know, they don't make. They, keep, they don't keep making films that no one cares about. If you know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it keeps. It makes me wonder because like they're still trying to get that. I think they're either trying to reboot the film or get a TV show going, and that's just just not happening. How can we have like five sequels to something and they can't reboot it?
0: Exactly. Um, but they've, they've never. Gone- I don't think they've ever really caught that lightning in a bottle of that first film. Like they, mm-hmm. they just kind of like, it was just a fluke. They just they yeah. just did it and it was wicked, which I really I appreciate. So. Like, and anyone out there who hasn't seen it, go give this a watch. I watched like twenty minutes of it, and then yeah. uh, and my wife, she was like, "I don't really want to watch it. I've seen it before." And then she walked over and she didn't really. Know, she was like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "It's Tremors." And she's like, "Oh, <laughs> I do not think I've seen this," which is just her to a T. And um, yeah. <laughs> and so I rewound it and I watched the first twenty minutes again with her. and We had a like, she she enjoyed it. She was like, "That was cool." And she's like, "Not you know, one to love horror movies, but she likes a good yeah. movie." And that's what it is. So like,
1: yeah, it's well,
0: it, okay. It was in that golden era, you know.
1: It's going on my watch list. I'll make it happen. Also, I'm sort of in this point where I'm kind of a little bit over winter, so I want to watch films that have this summer vibe to it. Oh
0: yeah, there's a nice hotness yeah. to it, you know. Yeah, a heat, bit of bit of heat. Like, it's, yeah. There's a lot of orange in the film. It's a very warm a film. Okay. And um it's also got um the, the kid out of it. Do you remember in the Wonder Years like Kevin Arnold's dickhead brother? Vaguely. He's in it as a dickhead. <laughs> like kid. <laughs> like the actor just can only he, he can only play dickheads. It's on kind of his like, resume. And able like, to
1: he's just playing a dickhead.
0: Yeah, he's a poor kid. He's the only like teenage boy in this whole town. So you you turn wow. into a bit of a dickhead. Anyhow, yeah, that's what I watched. Uh, what, what was your movie you watched, like, Rogue Solo this week?
1: Solo. Okay. Uh, so I watched Night of the Demons, uh, 1988, directed by Kevin Tenney. Um, so basically it's uh, this group of, like, ten teenagers go to this sort of uh, the remains of a crematorium for a party on halloween because <laughs> you, you know but not really we're not really breaking new ground here with that one
0: it's like every um, element it's like yeah, they're a party in a crematorium on halloween which is built in an yeah. indian burial ground which right? is <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and then you know during this party they decide to conduct a séance and of course it unlocks the demons that remain in this crematorium they get possessed and then the rest of the movie is like you know, one down, five to go, just watching them all sort of slowly become demons and then chase each other around this empty, like, building, basically.
0: Now, um, are these demons, like, good demons, like, out of demons? No. Okay, no, so I I, think- I'm just looking at this now. I reckon I've got this film and demons. Because so there's, yeah. there's Night of the Demons too. Yeah. And there's demons and demons too. So I reckon yeah. I've got these two films confused somewhere along the way.
1: I think so. Um, this one was, it's been on my watch list for a while. Um, and, I yeah, I, it was good, but it was sort of just, it didn't really do anything extra to sort of, like, shock me or, it wasn't fun. It didn't really feel, like, overly fun. I don't know. I could have been in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> the the, o- the opening sequence was really cool it was it was animated, it did drag on for a bit too long um which sort of went hand in hand with the fact that the film was too long oh
0: no nice. um
1: there was so much um like it it did very well money wise so it was produced for one point two million dollars and it grossed like three point one million by the end of nineteen eighty eight um you know, the characters, you know, Linnea Quigley is in it and she's like this 80s actress. You probably would have remembered her as like trash from Night of the Living, Return of the Living Dead 2. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead. Aww. Yeah, so, and she's just, you know, pe- perpetually bent over showing her underwear off. She gets her clothes off. We get 80s boobs. You know, there's really cool, it's a really good soundtrack, very sort of 80s vibe to it, very sort of like very punk 80s, which I love um but the effects were good so the makeup so when angela who's the main sort of she's throwing the party she's like the weird goth chick that's super into all of this and she loves halloween and you know she's the one who says let's let's do this um so she's mostly between her dude, who is the worst fucking character in the world he's like this big sort of fat guy who's just super obnoxious and talks like Bill and Ted, which I really don't like. Mm-hmm. It really bothers me. Um, he's just super misogynistic. He's just a butthead the whole way through the film. Um, so it's like between him, uh, Linear Quigley's character, and Angela, they've got the most demon sort of effect to them, which is really good. But there's not a lot of violence and gore. There no, is I- a lot of running away from things like i think the last 20 minutes of the film is then perpetually like oh they're coming i'm gonna run into this room oh we're safe now oh they're in the room we had we should run into this room and i kind of got bored of that pretty yeah.
0: quickly i'm just looking at the trailer of it now and i realize i watched this film recently it was so forgettable yeah. it's like it's just yeah. basically five people in a ro- in a house that they go to party at for no reason like you'd never yeah. go there to party yeah it's it's like like let's go to the shittest place we could ever imagine and have a and have beers and a, and act like we're having a party like you can't have a yeah. party with five people in an empty you house cannot. no yeah um, um yeah,
1: that's yeah. What... It, like it, it i know it's a huge cult classic it's a cult favorite but it just so it just fell so short for me it just didn't i wanted to love it i wanted it to for it to be as fun as I think it should have been. It just really wasn't.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, so because so, I actually watched this one thinking I was watching Demons, like I, mm-hmm. I, yep, it's totally okay. it. That's hilarious. I can't believe you watched it.
1: <laughs> I know. There were some Evil Dead vibes in there, so when they actually released the Demons, like it does that super quick, like shooting through the hallways and sort of leading back to them and into them and, yeah it just it was a bit forgettable for me hmm. um and i feel really bad about that i don't know why
0: oh it's just because it wasn't very good
1: yeah i think i sh- yeah it's just one of those films that you know you talk about it with people and they're like it's just yeah it's such a great film I'm like, i didn't like it
0: because some of them aren't good so now I, I'm actually really excited about this. This means I can find demons and actually watch demons because I remember I've got fond memories of that with the great video cover, you know, the person with the green mm. goo coming out of their face and stuff like that. Like,
1: Yeah, I haven't seen demons and I think I was mixing these two films up. So, yeah, but again, you did the same same thing. Um, but, yeah, bit of a bit of a sad miss for me on that one this week. Um Which is fine because we watched other films that turned out to be very
0: interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so that's basically the end of what we've been watching. We can move straight into homework, should we?
1: Yeah. All
0: right, let's do it. Homework! Homework! So every week, Jennifer and I set ourselves a horror movie to watch as homework. Then we review it um, together the following week. But this week, we decided to watch three movies together. So yeah. this okay. is it. This is super homework. This is me- this is university bloody, you know. This,
1: this is, is finals. This is cramming. This we is sw- cramming. swap back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so first up, we watched um, Munchies, which was the one we mm-hmm. announced last week. Uh, from 1987, uh, directed by Tina Hirsch. Hirsch? Hirsch? Yeah, Hirsch? Um, Hirsch. This is her only film she has directed before, and she's known mainly as an editor. So she edited, like, Gremlins. She edited Dante's Peak. She edited uh, episodes of The West Wing and stuff like that. So she's not a director. It shows. That's just, <laughs> th- this movie is you know, she never directed anything after this, and there's reasons, hey?
1: <laughs> yep.
0: You want to yep. read the uh, synopsis so, of munchies?
1: Heck yeah. So just when you thought it was safe to raid the fridge, that's the tagline. But, so it sets you up straight away. Um, Simon Waterman, a space archaeologist, discovers the munchies in a cave in Peru. Cecil Waterman, Simon's evil twin brother and snack food entrepreneur, kidnaps the creatures. What Cecil does not know is that the creature, when chopped up, regenerates into many new creatures, and, and are they mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> End of story.
0: So basically the little munchies that they get, they, um, he basically, he has the exact voice of Gizmo. He talks exactly like yep. Gizmo, like, and all stuff like that. Then for some reason when he's threatened, he grows like longer claws. And he just stays evil from then on. Like, he doesn't go back to being a nice guy or anything. And then he gets cut up. And then they turn, Like you know, if you cut him in half, there's two of them. But for some reason, after they get cut up, they can all talk. Mm -hmm. And they just have the worst lines in the entire world. Like, they're all like gangster voices. They're like, yo, toots, what's up? And all stuff like that. But they don't actually talk because their mouths don't move.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One of them sounded like the Claw from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Which was really disturbing. One yeah, of them that, was like a Italian mobster.
0: Yeah, and one of them was like a French Pepe Le Pew. Oh,
1: yeah, that uh, guy, Frenchy, who was uh, a bit of a pervert.
0: Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Uh, so the characters are like, this movie's like 80s as fuck. 80s as fuck. Yeah. Like the opening credits are like. Every letter is a different colour, but with that, you know, stereotypical 80s pattern Uh, behind it, that like, just lines and squares in like, you know, fluoro colours and stuff like that. um, That's the title of the movie. And then where they lived, did you find that that place felt really fake?
1: (laughs) Well, because you didn't really get to see much of a town. No. Um, You saw where they lived, which was just like two houses built on what seemed to be like the beginning of like a housing estate. But again, it was in the middle of the fucking desert. So in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, there's these two giant houses. Um, So obviously like Cecil lives in one and his brother lives in the other. Um, and the house is also bugged. Cecil has his brother's house bugged, so he's listening to everything that he's saying.
0: Yeah, um, so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't
1: really explain.
0: And like Cecil why has an adopted son called Dude.
1: Yeah, who <laughs> should have been played by uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Um, which really bothered me that it wasn't.
0: I'm pretty sure Matthew McConaughey like, dodged a bullet not being in this film. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, so he plays, like, a dude who's, like, a hippie, like, you know, surfer dude with a bandana and does Super happy sack.
1: Grateful Dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not <yet. laughs> So, so that, that part of it, right, so the characters are a mess. The, yeah. the locations are a mess. And then there's the script, which it seems like it's written by, like, a 10-year-old kid. Like, yeah. it seriously doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just, like, and then, and then, and then. Yeah. And then you know what I mean. That's what it felt like. <laughs> like there was nothing. And then no, the,
1: it's it's very true.
0: And then the cheap. and then the munchies get in a car, and then they get a gun, and then they drive around town, like and oh my <laughs> and god! And then they, and they, then they attack a him. guy in an ice cream shop for some reason. And then that character is a recurring character.
1: That was such a strange. Like, what? What point did that? Have, like that made no no sense having him come back. Yeah. For the end sequence, uh, just
0: and it's just like they're in the middle of nowhere, and they're just for some reason an ice cream shop.
1: Yeah, and there is nothing around them. No. So who's coming to this fucking ice cream stand? Which conveniently is the fucking munchies rock up. So does the two people that are chasing them?
0: It just... Yeah, and there's
1: <sighs> none of the characters are likable either. So the Let's munchies,
0: a... the munchies that. look like. If you can imagine, they kind of look like a cross between Gizmo and a Gremlin together. They're, but they're 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 short. They're about as big as as Gizmo, but they wear clothes. They wear these like little like monk robes that yes. have like technical kind of like you know they have like um like armor elements to them. They don't make yeah. any sense. Like they know too much. They acquire hats and glasses that like. How would they have got tiny little hats and glasses? <laughs>
1: and they were saying, they're like, the, the mother, she's like, oh, they stole dude's clothes. I'm like, what I'm is pretty dude? certain yeah. dude is a grown-ass man who does not wear things the size of a toy. But yeah. sure. <laughs> sure. Why not?
0: Um, I liked at the end of the film as well, like, so when everything's, because so, right, the main character's having some money problems or something, And at the end, like, this guy comes along and goes, I'll buy that off you for $25,000. And they're like, problem solved. I'm like, that's (laughs) the only problem you had was $25,000? Like, it's not that much.
1: it's. I mean, I guess back in the 80s it was probably considered a lot. But, I mean, hell, I could use $25,000. That would solve some of my problems. That is true. And
0: like like I was saying, back in the 80s, do you remember scratchy tickets? The most you could win on them, like, your main awesomeness was $25,000. And that was like... That was I remember going. Oh my god! If I had that, I could do whatever I wanted. I could build a water slide to anywhere, and like yeah. But um. You now you couldn't even build it. Like, how much would a water slide cost? It'd be so much money, I reckon. Getting the dudes oh, yeah. in and stuff. But yeah, the characters looked ridiculous. They were like cheesy as fuck, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. uh, gone into the prop wardrobe, found fake mustaches and wigs <laughs> and bad clothes, and they just all wear them and. It had, there was...
1: None of the characters are likeable either. Like, there is not a character in there that I sort of came out th- thinking, oh, I really like that guy. Most of it was me spending half the film talking about the main guy, being like, I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. He annoys me. He's not funny. He's an idiot.
0: Yeah, he's like someone else's boyfriend that you don't like.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, that is a very good... This is a very good example. So um, I think some of the puppetry was very well done, though. There only, were a few, a, a, a few, a very few moments that were kind of good.
0: Yeah. Um, at the start, there was some good puppetry, but then about halfway through, they just gave up. They yeah. didn't even care. The puppets were just sitting there, like, not running, moving around or anything. I think what this film is, it's suffering from ghoulie syndrome, where the poster is what drove the film.
1: Yeah. More than likely. Because you've got but,
0: this wicked munchie on the poster. He's got Nikes on. He's got a beer. He's got a cigar. He's looking up a girl, like Marilyn Monroe's dress <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's got yeah. a white background. And I think this is why everyone in the video shop, there's no way you're not going to hire that. And I think it's That's just, exactly it's just right. based on idiots not knowing what it was and then having to um, yeah. go from there. It says eight at some, year old
1: me would have picked this up. I would have loved this at eight years old. That's about it,
0: true, true. And I remember like being that old and liking this film, and I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. believe I liked this like you know, I liked gremlins at that age, and this and like how what did I have any taste? Was I an idiot? yeah it is, sort
1: of makes me th- like I know that in the eighties, like you could get away with just that little bit more, but this film it it sort of tried to broach these like. Next level sort of things, so there is like a very small moment where you know dude gets uh slashed with his the the munchie like cuts him with his nails, and they kill him. You don't see that that, like obviously they don't show you that. um they just discover the body later. but then there's other moments where you know they're smoking, they're drinking, they're flipping old ladies off in the car. They were, I think they were trying to sort of
0: They were trying the to make like a classic like comedy kind of thing, but they, unfortunately the people that were doing it didn't know what funny was. <laughs>
1: like, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, um, there was probably
1: also not a lot of budget either. So everything about it was just really bad.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend this. Um, I gave it no. half a star. Uh, you'd be better off watching Gremlins. Or yep. any other thing like that. Um, critters, go for critters. The girl actually in it is in Critters as well.
1: Oh, is she?
0: Yeah, she's like the sister in Critters. So she's now been in two little monster movies. Um, yep. And they made massive references to everything. It had gremlins references, remember? Like the car yep. the Munchies drove was a gremlin. Like, and yep. on the, the, when they're reading those newspapers, it had all stuff about gremlins on the back and that. I'm like, sorry, guys, you're not gremlins. And you're never yeah. gonna be. <laughs> you never shit. will be. Nah, yeah. Take, s- sit no. down, sit down. I gave
1: it one star, but I think I was being generous. Um, yeah, you shouldn't have been. Well, there was probably not a even reason any I good gave
0: music it one. in it. Like,
1: no, no, the music was shit. The people <laughs> right, let's, were let's shit. Let's move.
0: Let's move on because as we go on, our list gets better.
1: Oh yeah. Uh,
0: okay. To the next film we watch. We watch these all in a row. We watch mm-hmm. Altered. Now I went on a mission. Because I love yep. alien abduction movies, alien, you know, like uh, coming to earth for the first time, first contact movies, mm-hmm. uh, third kind movies, Close Encounters of the Third, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Um, yep. Fourth kind movies as well and stuff like that. So I, I, I thought I'd watched them all. Everyone, I, I wanted a new one. So I was looking up, you know, top 10 alien movies, alien abduction movies, and this one kept coming up and it was the only one in the list I hadn't seen. It was called Altered. It's from 2006, mm-hmm. and it was made by Eduardo Sanchez. Is that how you say his name? Eduardo? Yes. Eduardo? Yep. Uh, he is the uh, – so he did Blair Witch. He's mm-hmm. the, one of the dudes that did Blair Witch. He also did VHS 2. Do you remember that?
1: I haven't seen VHS 2. Ooh.
0: But well, I he probably did one of the stories on there you know, that's like yeah. an. it's basically VHS is the creep show for modern day, but it hasn't really – it hasn't really – you know, no one really sunk their teeth into it that much, if you know what I mean. Like not many yeah. people mention VHS, to you?
1: No.
0: Um. No. And, yeah, story, Jen.
1: <laughs> okay. So uh, the premise is uh, 15 years ago a group of men, uh, their lives were forever changed by a strange occurrence, uh, a.k.a. they were abducted by aliens. Yeah. Uh, now the same group of men will spend a night together in terror.
0: That's a terrible um, <laughs> ride. Right. I love these write-ups I, it, of how bad they are.
1: I know. Um, so essentially, uh, like I say, they were abducted by aliens. One of them was actually killed during that time. So they've spent the, I
0: think it's 10 the last years? 15 years. Or 15 years. Yeah,
1: 15 years basically trying to hunt down these aliens and basically like exact some form of revenge on them. I'm not exactly sure.
0: I like what, uh, what you it called it. You called it a reverse abduction film. So they have it So it's all about them trying to abduct an alien.
1: Exactly. And so uh, which I thought was really like A cool yeah, idea. Like that's exactly what's happening. Um so basically like they catch this alien in the forest and they're like, Oh fuck, well they're gonna come get us now, what are we gonna do? So they decide to go to their friend's house. Um he lives in this huge compound in the middle of fucking nowhere.
0: It was um, all sort of he- ducty.
1: He Yep, he was also one of the abductees, a very handsome young fellow, piercing blue eyes. Um, He did, didn't he?
0: He reminded me of like, um, is it? He
1: reminded me of Jared Leto.
0: He reminded me of one of the, uh, what's his name? Um, Oh, uh, Luke Wilson.
1: Okay, yeah, must have been the shaved head and the square jaw.
0: And the blue eyes.
1: Um, but yeah, so they rock up to his compound, they've got the alien and then shit just happens.
0: Like he doesn't it's, want anything to do with them though. He's bailed no. from them. So they've had a falling out with this guy. So he, he hasn't seen them in 10 years. I think they said. Yep. So they hadn't seen yeah. him in 10 years and they just rock up and they've just got a fucking alien. And yep. so Rack, they they've got one. They, they, they chain him up. They wrap him in a coat, uh, a, a cloth and they put a welding mask on him because he's alien. If they look you in the eye, they can control you. So yeah. they put a welding mask on it, and it's just got like that. So, so this movie number one I noticed was a hundred percent practical effects. Like, yes, they've just gone ham on the practical effects, and they, I feel they did that. That was a very conscious um, decision. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, so they've got this alien, they've got him tied out. They put him on a table, and you got, it's got all those really indulgent things in it. You're like, you know, you get to see. You never kind of see the alien for a long time. They keep him hidden because he's wrapped up and that, but he's still moving yeah. around. And like, it's just really you just want to know. You just want to know what does it look like, what's going on, what can it do? What's happened to them? Why do they yeah. talk about being changed? And you know what I mean? And like
1: Well, there's uh, that one scene where it sort of starts to get a little bit loose. And of course, they, you know, the guy's like hitting it in the face with the a wrench and it accidentally breaks the welding glass so a little bit yeah it can then see out of it and one of the 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 girl the girlfriends sort of walks in at the wrong time and just the way the head turns and you you can't necessarily see eyes but you can see something and it just sort of holds on that for a second before she's then in this trance um i thought that was really good
0: oh yeah i thought like all the kind of like i and it just went The ideas just kept coming out and out and out and like you had that kind of thing with the, yeah, the, uh, the, the aliens can, can, you know, possess you if they look at you and stuff like that. And like, and, and the story is that they've got this alien and they come to this guy and he's like, dude, you're an idiot. Why did you bring this alien here? You know, if you kill this one alien, it'll like, they'll come down and wipe us out and not us. They'll wipe us out as humans and he's like, well, they do that. And it has that really good line in it. I remember it was, what was it? It was like, oh, what happens when an animal like kills a bunch or of humans? Human? And he just, and that's all he says. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We come in and we destroy all those animals. Like Pretty much, yeah. And it's just like, um, oh, yeah, cool. So they can't kill it either. And they're like, what do you do with it now? Like you've got it. And yeah. it's just like, and then like, well, you know, he starts to get out. He bites one of them. And then there's this whole scene of him. <sighs> Like he goes it's through the whole good. film, like you know, first it 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 starts rotting his flesh and all this stuff, and he's just like rotting away and away and away till the end. He just looks fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's skins. very
1: Cronenberg, very The Fly.
0: Yeah, he basically goes through the Brundle Fly um yeah. transformation, which is cool. And so that's happening, and then you've got like, and then you've got the main guy who's like. He was abducted with the rest, but the rest like got bought back, but he stayed up there. Like yeah. they kept him and did more experiments on him, and yeah. then um dumped him. Um, but then they want him back for some reason, and yeah, so he's got these like he's got these extra powers that that, which is why they kind of probably dumped him in the first place. But now they're like, Ooh, yeah, bit, that human's too dangerous to you know.
1: Yeah, so I got, mean,
0: I, yeah, we don't like want to give this, that away. This,
1: I mean, well, this the film came out like. What ten years ago? So we probably delve into it a little bit, Um, but basically the the idea is they're there because they want him back.
0: Yeah, and that not a
1: coincidence.
0: Yeah, that alien didn't they didn't really catch the alien that much. The alien let it him let them catch him because they knew that they would bring him to him. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of the aliens things don't affect him. Like he can't get the diseases and stuff like that. So he's got like a clear advantage. Yeah. Um, and he like removed an alien tracking device in him. And that was a very cool thing, I thought.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Like I really like the way that um, it, it looked and the way that it sort of made all the, little, the, the clicking sound.
0: Yeah. And um, like I like the way that it had to be attached to a living organism to work. Yeah. So later on in the film, when they removed the ticker, the alien, the clicker transmitter, the alien actually cuts someone open and puts it onto their intestines to try and get it to like re- reworking again. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just but
1: great. I, I, I liked when they were saying, like, well, how did you know that you had it? And he's like, I could hear it tick.
0: Oh, yeah. I oh, was hearing that's clicks from yeah. inside of you. Yeah, right. It uh, would
1: feel really weird too.
0: It had a bunch of cool deaths in it, like uh, lots of intestines out of people. It had some nail gun deaths and stuff like that. Sure. Oh, we've got to mention as well, these guys are redneck hicks. Yes,
1: they're they like, are. They're like,
0: you know, full on just like, mullets. you know, like, mullets, uh, you know, tobacco chewing dudes. But they're all kind of like dumb, endearing characters that are kind of lovable, apart from one who's a dickhead. But yeah, you, but they one do of them a, is a dickhead. But they do a good job of saying why he's a dickhead. Like he basically, his brother got abducted by the aliens as well. And, uh, in their group and one of them got killed by the aliens. So when they all got brought back, he got blamed for the murder and sent to Mm -hmm. jail for his brother's murder that the aliens did because no one believed him and his dad didn't believe him and all stuff like that. So that's why he kind of turned into a bit of a fuckhead. Like he went through jail time and then, so it's understandable. And he has the most, like, he's the one who wants to fuck them up the most, like,
1: like yeah. he can't Literally, handle the fact like,
0: that he can't kill them, kill this one because it'll bring. I, more. Like I
1: spent a lot of the film being, like, I fucking hate this guy. He needs to die. And then he uh, basically has like the worst death out of all of them. And in the end, you're kind of like, oh, now I feel bad for wanting him to die so badly because it <laughs> was all just, you know, oh, the poor guy had a bit of a bit of a bit of a rough trot.
0: Did you know um, this, this film was originally planned to be a horror comedy, and they were going to call it "Probed."
1: <laughs> so it's like Tucker and Dale meets zombies. Uh sorry, it meets aliens. Yeah. Um yeah, that would have been great because they were talking about it being in vein of like Evil Dead 2.
0: Yeah, or, I, like, I got Evil, Evil Dead 2 3. vibes out of it, eh? Like yeah. it, had, it had kind of bits of comedy, but it was it wasn't really funny, but it was, you know what I mean, like
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, like, really good, like, moments where they're sort of just, just the way they were interacting with each other, it was just pretty
0: comical as well. Mm. And the, the alien was great as well. Like, full just
1: yeah. Person-try. I liked 90% of it. Once I saw it in its, like, in full, I was like, eh. It had a pretty good butt on it.
0: It did have a nice butt. It was very muscly. Yeah. Like it had a back, like you know, a full fist of the North Star, like looking <laughs> back on him, like so many muscles yeah. and that. Uh, I was yep. quite, like, yeah, like I would have liked this film when I was it, well, as I was younger. I would have loved this film, like you know, it, it's a good, yeah. solid. It deserves to be on the, in the top list of like alien induction movies because, quite frankly, there aren't that many good ones.
1: No, I mean, we've have you seen Fire in the Sky? Yeah. That I mean, that was good. That was enjoyable.
0: It was okay, I mean, it communion's, I mean communion. Communion's was bad. pretty bad. Um, uh, Dark Sky is wicked. That's probably my favorite. I
1: don't. Which one's that one?
0: Dark Sky is the one where it's like a house constantly getting like the aliens keep coming to their house and fucking with them. But you never it's see specific, the aliens, yeah. they're always in the background and out of focus, which works really well. Like,
1: I've seen that, yes. I think you and I watch that together. We usually watch most of our alien films together.
0: Yeah, and basically at the yeah. end it was like, you know, the, uh, every five years or ten years it, it, it fucks with you, remember, the alien for five years and then it abducts you at the end of like a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. so they're trying to protect this kid that it's been happening to and there's two brothers and then in the, in the end you realize the twist of the film I'm not going to say the twist because it's a really good – go watch Darts, guys. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's got a twist in it, which is a great twist. And um, it's just a really good alien abduction film, which was quite creepy. Like – and, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's just a, a good one. Good one.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, because you, you're really big into the sort of the alien thing. Like, it, it sort of – it's one of those things that gives you the, the, the heebie-jeebies.
0: Yeah. Because um, so... I remember as a kid I thought, Every all these horror movies are stupid they're not real, but yeah. aliens could be real. They're the yes. only thing. Like, Grays. There are so many people out there that say they've been abducted. You know what I mean? There's no one out there that yeah. s- it says, like, you know, bloody a monster came and destroyed their city. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, look, I watched War of the, the original 1950s War of the Worlds. I think I was shown that when I was, like, way too young. I would have been, like, four or five, and it terrified me. So from there on out, alien films terrified me the concept of aliens terrified me and then of course because i have like high anxiety in that like i need to in like engulf myself in this information and basically just make it so much worse so as a kid (laughs) i was reading like alien books and all this weird paranormal shit and then you know so forever i was like completely paranoid and totally scared by it but
0: you know it's kind
1: of it's good to have someone else who's really sort of into that but also understands on that level
0: yeah well I got my fascination through, um, I, I, our family has like, uh, my aunties and uncles have a, uh, property in Ceduna and it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like 25 minutes of driving through Scrub just to get to their property kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, there was this like, so this is a, it started off like there were these dudes that kept coming from the government. There was a meteorite had hit like a while mm-hmm. back and they came and like and they did all this testing and stuff and then they just kind of left and they came back another time or so, did some testing at this meteorite site and left. So that got us thinking as kids. So well, what is it? Because it's probably nothing. It was probably just, you know, uh, astrologists or something like that wanting to, you know, test out, find meteorites. Yeah. But as a kid, we thought it was something, you know, way more sinister. Yeah. And then course. one day there was like a documentary on like um, – it was uh back then there was only Channel Two they could get, uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was like and it was a it was a documentary about a people bunch of people who said they'd been abducted by aliens and like to me television was the truth as a young kid so I was watching yeah. a documentary about a bunch of people who said they'd been abducted by aliens so to me I was like it is true it's in a documentary on the television it must and be true and on
1: ABC yeah. ABC don't fuck around
0: exactly um it could have been actually been in Paja Television I'm not sure doesn't matter um. <laughs> And so then me and my cousin were like, oh, man, that was heaps scary. And I didn't realize how much it affected me. Uh, and there yeah. was like, um, this is an old farmhouse we were staying in. There was like, you know, a corridor. And at the end of the corridor was a door to the outside and had a little window on it. And we're like, what if the aliens just looked in the window and all this stuff? And ever since that day, I've been scared of them. Like, they've always haunted my memories, my dreams, everything. Like, yep. And it was that, that is- one TV show at the wrong age watching it, just like yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's all it takes. But- that does lead me into a if you know of any uh, alien abduction films that you recommend, like I don't care if it doesn't have to necessarily be like more on the horror side. Uh, whatever you want to recommend, like we'll give it a go,
0: man, I still love love Independence Day. I think it's one of the funnest, coolest, like alien see that's not only an abduction. that's like fourth kind, isn't it? like that's, yeah, that's,
1: that... that's 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 alien invasion.
0: Yeah, that's invasion, yeah, and where fourth yeah. kind is. You know, uh, Fourth Kind is like you know, uh, uh, First Contact kind of thing. I love yeah. Contact, like that film. I think that movie's great. First, con- um, uh, What's the other one? The Arrival. Oh, man, do I love yep. The Arrival. Like all those films, I just love them. Like those alien yep. ones where people are dealing with like language barriers or just like uh, the science. Like I'm really enjoying like the War of the Worlds TV show. It's playing at the moment on SBS. Yeah. Um, I know no one, no one. No one has to tell me that you can download the whole thing. I'm watching it just weekly, weekly on SBS. <laughs> Is it intended? What's that? As
1: it's intended.
0: Yeah, the way the aliens intended us to watch it.
1: <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, I'll always like check out some form of alien film. Like, we watch. We had like a day where we just watched nothing but alien documentaries and movies, and uh, my mother-in-law couldn't sleep that night. I slept
0: like a baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. I reckon I've told you my fourth kind story, haven't I? Have I said on this podcast? The one where I – I um, that uh, Mila Joffovich one. Like I, watched oh, I love that, that film. I watched that after a bender, like as in a – have I told you that story? One, have I told You're it before? On here? I'm going to tell you quickly. Then. I watched I watch that after like a bender. I'd done like a four-day mm-hmm. bender back in the day when I drank heaps. And then I ended up drinking like a bottle of wine at my friend's house and watching that film. And it like – Three o'clock in the morning, I woke up, had a panic attack. I thought it was happening to me. Like, And yeah. if you remember in the movie at 3.33 a.m., that's when you get like, yeah. thing. I had to stay there I sat for half an hour watching the time because I was convinced it was going to happen. So embarrassing. It was like at a friend's house, you know, like yeah. total panic attack. And, um, yeah, I haven't really, that was my, I, I think that's when I started turning my life around after
1: that. Like, and I never drank again.
0: <laughs> I never drank alien wine again. <laughs> I never drank, Sorry. you know, I never drank, what, what was it, like, bin wine that I found in yeah. someone else's garbage. Oh,
1: God. Nah. Yeah. Okay. But There's a good opportunity to turn your life around.
0: Yeah. But, uh. so that, that's it. Alien movies. Yeah. Fourth kind, third kind, second kind, first kind. Nah, first kind's boring. I don't even know what that is. That's just looking at, like, pictures of aliens, isn't it? In Probably. a People magazine. <laughs>
1: There's a whole rundown. Yeah. No, that's fine.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, Thanks. Anyhow. Let's move. Anyway. Oh, Anyway, what did you think of I like, Altered? Uh, All yeah, that. Overall. Yeah, like,
1: overall, I really enjoyed it. I will definitely watch it again. Um, I think my partner will really enjoy it, so I will probably give that another watch very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I definitely recommend, like, if you like alien films, if you like a little bit of sci-fi, if you like rednecks, then, yeah, <laughs> check check out this film.
0: You know, every Saturday night, I'm, I fully feel like watching a redneck film. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I think it's, for... Yeah, for people who like alien abduction films or any of that kind of stuff, this is a great film. It should be you should watch it at least once. Put it on your catalogue. And as I said, it's the Blair Witch person, so you can get it's got a nice gritty vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Like the only yeah. the only thing I had well, I think both of us said that I we didn't like with the practical effects is there wasn't enough blood in the film.
1: There, yeah, were, it, there were
0: people getting like throats cut, stomachs disemboweled. And then there was just no blood. It was just the gore with a little bit of blood and I was like there should have been blood everywhere. They should have gone yeah. ham on the blood and it just would have topped it into a, a better a better rating. You know, it, it just would have been like that that extra bit of like nah, nah this film yeah. is awesome. And that's all it needed. Was just a bit more yeah. of a realistic blood or over realistic blood. <laughs> mhm.
1: Oh yeah, just go go crazy on that shit. Yeah. I, I want it to be like this is the amount of blood coming out of a person in real life. This is what's actually come out of this person. I want it to be ridiculous.
0: Yeah, like, that, what is it, 90? You've got 90 litres of blood in you or something like that? Is that it right? Would, and um, I, I want to so. see 90 litres of blood come out in a bloody paper cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I go, I want, Same. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. That's oh, yeah. what I want.
1: That's
0: our, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, our, that's our opinion. Let's move on to our third homework film. Uh, top of the list is yes. We watched the 1980s. Is
1: eighty seven? No, no, no. No, it was two thousand seven. thinking of the fuck? Yes,
0: um, yes. two thousand and seven, uh, The Mist.
1: Yeah.
0: So this is done by Frank Darabont. Darabont. Yep. He did. Um. Mm-hmm. So he's he's done a, a bunch of um, uh, Stephen King. Once he's done The Shawshank Redemption, he's done The Green Mile, um, yep. and stuff like that, and then he's given a go of The Mist. Yeah. So, is there a synopsis of The Mist that we've got? Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, after a violent storm, a dense cloud of mist envelops a small main town, trapping artist David Drayton and his five-year-old son in a local grocery store with other people. They soon discover that The Mist conceals deadly horrors that threatens their lives and, worse, their sanity.
0: That's a good one. That's a, that's that a, is a good a, one. We, we should pretty ju- consistent. We should judge the accuracy of synopsis as well.
1: I think so. Yeah. I like a tagline as well.
0: What is their tagline? The is it-
1: tagline is belief divides them, mystery surrounds them, but fear changes everything.
0: That's a pretty good tagline for this yeah, film.
1: It's pretty good. Also, there's no way in hell that child was five. No. No.
0: He's like he's like eight.
1: Yeah, eight, maybe nine. Or Not that it. I have children and can tell what ages and whatnot, but still.
0: So um, straight away you've got in it actors. You've got what's his name? Thomas Jane.
1: (laughs) So, yes, you've got Thomas Jane, uh, Laurie Holden, Toby Jones, Marsha Gay Harden, um, and then. Basically the whole
0: cast of The Walking Dead.
1: Well, this is also, so Frank Darabont actually did adapt The Walking Dead to TV, so that would be why.
0: There are four actors in this that are in The Walking Dead. I, I looked into it afterwards. I was like, oh, and it's so weird, like seeing them all there. And do you know what's really weird? He what? wanted, um, uh, he wanted Thomas Jane to play Rick Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead, but it didn't work out.
1: It's so funny because last night you were saying, "Oh man, he would have actually been really good as Rick Grimes."
0: Yeah, because he's got like the look of Rick Grimes from the comics a bit more than I thought than Rick Rick Skinny Rick Grimes did. If you know Just what I mean, Rick. The, uh, the guy that they got to play the, the Englishman. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it. straight away you got a, uh, you know, you got a good, you've got a good bunch of, of casts. You've got a, you've got a Stephen King novella based on, mm-hmm. um, and they go into it. So what I liked about this film is number one, I thought it was set in the day. Hard to do a day horror.
1: Mm-hmm. I so, love a day horror.
0: Super hard to do a day horror. Did you like this film, Jen?
1: I fucking loved this film. So hadn't I hadn't it. watched this film and I don't know why I had avoided it for so long. There was probably some really ignorant and stupid reason. As to why I never watched it, but I'm kicking myself because I loved this film.
0: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of trivia about this film as well. So there's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we're not gonna. I, I know this film came out in like yeah the same the same year as Altered, but I don't. I'm definitely we're definitely not spoiling the end of this film because for mm-hmm. people who haven't seen it, it's got a great ending. And what makes this film is not only the great content of the film, but the ending is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So basically. Uh, Frank Darabont um, agreed to make the film with Dimension only under the condition that no matter what, they wouldn't change his scripted ending, which they agreed to. And he actually, like, first got offered by another producer um, $30 million to do it Mm. under the the provision that he changed his ending that he had originally. And he's like, no, I've been sitting on this ending for 20 years I will yeah. not compromise. And he actually took like in the end, he took a pay cut to own down to fifteen yeah. million to do the his ending. He sacrificed fifteen million dollars to put this ending in and the film shines because of it.
1: I Mate. like I thoroughly respect him more because of that.
0: It's it's crazy. Like, like, he
1: wouldn't compromise his ideals.
0: Like you were flattened by that ending, weren't you? You were like, I, like oh jaw open, like ah.
1: Oh. <laughs> Like, I, there was a part of me that saw it coming, and I'm like, yep, this makes sense, and it happened, and I was like, I'm still shocked, and what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, it's like I kind of needed to hug something after that. Like, mm. it was
0: well,
1: it was bleak, but it was perfect.
0: And um, Frank Derrimont originally wanted to make the movie in black and white. Um, no. And they wouldn't let him. And eventually, the film, there's like, if you get the two disc DVD version, the second disc has a black and white version that's been rejiggered that he's created. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so if you want to see in black and white, it works in black and white as well. Actually, I still think it works better in colour. Um, mm. So this film, to me, to you? Yep. Had, yep. um sick, like, usually in a film, I've got, you know, like, Two standout moments that I'm always waiting for. You know, you watch a film and you're waiting for, especially with horror films, you're waiting for that moment. You know, that mm-hmm. scene where this happens. This film to me has six of them. Yeah. Which I find, and I'm gonna name them off. Number one, I, I name them tentacles, number two, bugs <laughs> and bugs and birds, number three, mm-hmm. spiders, number four, car park monster, number five, yep. giant monster, and number six, the end.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's that's accurate yeah um i really enjoyed the the creature designs um the they did do some practical effects but they really relied and it was i mean again 2007 so they were really relying on C, cg for their effects and designs and stuff like that so mm. i won't hold that against them um i think it was also done by the same guy that did something <laughs> The Pan's same- Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. What? That might not be accurate. Like, Don't hold. Del Toro. Me to that. I think Del Toro recommended the company.
0: Oh, okay, so it's the company he uses that gets all his shit done.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. It makes well, sense. Um, like, they, I reckon that would have been for the practical effects, like because there's a bunch of the spiders in it that you know are puppets and stuff like that mixed in with cg i actually think the the only thing that lets this film down is the tentacle scene
1: yeah that was pretty like i really enjoyed the bit where it like was suckering the guy yeah um and that to me was amazing um but yeah that was like the one thing that let me down and i really love you know giant octopus or octopi however you want to say it um (laughs)
0: Yeah, but as I said, it's right at the start, it's one scene, and you've still got five other moments to go after that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you you, you want to talk about your favourite character? Oh, oh, Karen?
1: (laughs) Fucking, fucking Foodhouse Karen. I hated her. I just... You didn't hate her acting, You s- hated
0: her character, which you were I supposed car- to do.
1: So she's played by uh, Marsha Gay Harden, who is a phenomenal actress, and she really. So she plays Mrs. It was it Carmody. She yeah. She okay. basically plays this god-bothering woman. Who who at the
0: start of the movie is known as being, like, a crazy eccentric, like, God-botherer. But because all this shit's going down, that's what that tagline was about. It was, like, once, you know, like, people get scared enough, they just start believing stuff. And because she's there fucking preaching that, you know, it's all, like, this is, like, your fault. You're all the sinners and all this stuff. And people start going over to her side and it's really scary. And a lot of the scariness is, like, how... Scared people will just bunch together in a group and that goes full Lord of the Flies as well. Like so there's people who obviously don't believe in God and like how yeah, ridiculous it is. It's,
1: it's basically fear, fear-based leadership. It never works. She is she is basically the equivalent of the the Bunnings Karen that we've got in the media at the moment. She everything it and it's it is also coincidental as well. So the little things that she's said. You know, it's kind of like having a one of the psychics, like, oh, there's someone in the room who has a letter T in their name, and like twenty people, are like, oh, that's me, yeah, that's totally me. You can read yeah. my mind. So it's just everything is happening, and people start to sort of separate into groups. So you've got the sane people, then you've got Captain Holt's sort of logical. I've even though I've seen the proof, I'm not believing what you're saying.
0: Denial, yeah they they they're running they're running under denial that it can't be real, so it's not real.
1: Exactly. There's and then you've groups. got then you've got Karen and she is just you know everything starts to get worse which means she's talking louder she's talking more. Yeah, the, the they more people that get, to,
0: Yeah, the more people they get killed, the more it solidifies her argument that it's like the uh, like uh, what is it when god comes down and takes everyone like the the end the apocalypse or whatever and that the devil and that you need to do a sacrifice a blood sacrifice. So, you know yeah. like so they, see, they start kicking people out into the mist who is completely yeah. innocent but they find ways to make them like bad guys and it's terrifying
1: yeah
0: it's mob um, mentality and it's great
1: well and that's the thing like this movie sort of relates really heavily to you know the current covid situation and how you know if we should all be doing the right thing but then there are the people and it's always
0: the like the
1: idiots that are talking the loudest that get paid the most attention to.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And that's
1: the people you don't want in charge that end up being in charge.
0: Um, has, remember, it has that conversation where they just basically shit on humankind?
1: Like, oh my God. And we were just both sitting there, like, this is pretty much what's happening right now.
0: Yeah. And, like, um, and that was a full indulgence scene they put in there. You know what I mean? Like, there was yeah. no need for that, but it was great. I was, I was like, yeah, say it, say it. Yeah, you said it. You said it it good. (laughs) Say it again and then I have a a cigarette.
1: (laughs) I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm in no way telling people they can't have religious beliefs. Like that is in no way what we're saying at all. Like everyone, beliefs, ideals, whatever you want to do, not a problem. This woman, I wanted her to die and I wanted her to die so brutally and horrifically and I was kind of let down. Oh. but
0: I thought it was good. Know, like the, the, the person that good. killed her was like, I thought that was really weird yeah. and bold and like that was, it just was. Like a normal little dude. It was a like,
1: strong moment. So spoiler alert, she dies. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, it came out 10 years ago. You've seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, she fucking pissed me off so much. And that, that's, that's what she was there for.
0: And she did she it well. Did
1: such Such a good job. Um, yes. Oh God. <laughs> she's making, she's making me mad just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> yes. About, apparently like Stephen King said that he was genuinely frightened by this adaptation of it. And uh, yeah. Frank Darabont, when he heard that, described that as the happiest moment in his career that he got to scare Stephen King.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you kind of want, you can put that on his tombstone. Yeah. You, I scared Stephen King.
0: Yeah. it will be on my resume. Definitely. What have you <laughs> right. done? I stared Stephen King. Holy shit. <laughs> well. Give this man a give job.
1: This man. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. um, the spider scene I really like. Um, I mentioned it last week uh, in my, you know, favorite spider scenes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I just like, yeah, as I said, you really like the design of the monsters in them. They're like, it's basically like another, it's not like, did you know that uh, um, there's a, a Miss TV show?
1: Yeah, I think I started watching it. Yeah.
0: I, um, I look Like my on.
1: girlfriend was saying, she's like, oh, yeah, we started watching that Miss TV show. I'm like, did we? Yeah, it's. I don't
0: remember. You know what's weird? I've watched the whole thing and I didn't realise I'd watched it until I watched the trailer last night. I was like, oh, there's a Miss <laughs> TV show. And I'm putting it on. And I'm like, oh, I've seen it. It's yeah. because it's not mm-hmm. like in in that. It's the same idea, but the mist is the actual monster it kind of just it groups together to create this black mist and it kills you and i'm like that's not cool like the idea of it is that like in this is that it's it's a it's an open to portals been open and a world comes through and it's like they're not necessarily malicious everything in it it's just like it's just wildlife from another dimension that doesn't work in ours like
1: exactly and I think at no point, I mean, okay, with well, the spiders were probably the ones that were... Malicious. Malicious. Um, but, like, the scene with the bugs and then the sort of the bird creatures, they yeah. they didn't try to get into the building. They were just trying to get to the bugs, but it just wasn't until the, the uh, window gets smashed that they are in there and then all of a sudden, and it could have just been a threatening thing.
0: Yeah, because mem- mem- the bugs were on the, were on the front of the thing is because they were attracted to light because they like moths because yeah. it was nighttime. Yeah. And because all the idiot people were shining torches on them and then yeah. they were all swarming on the front and therefore the birds go, oh, look at all those bugs I can eat. and that yeah. these are big bugs. These are like as big as cats. Yeah. um And then these big like kind of pterodactyl like weird birds come and try and eat the bugs because the bugs are on the glass. They smash into them and eventually the glass breaks and then the birds smash into the thing. And like they're not – malicious they're not trying to stalk these people they're just unfortunate that mm-hmm. you know they were shining lights yeah. on them and shit
1: they were there. i think one like when i think you said it yesterday as well like one of the really good moments which also sort of horribly cements karen's position in this was when the bug lands on the the girl one of the girls and stings her in the, the neck and she dies her she sort
0: of like panics and hits it and yeah stuff. she
1: panics and hits it whereas it lands on you know Food House Karen, and she, she basically just sort of stands there very calmly, and and is sort of says, "Well, if if this is God's will, this is God's will." But it's just the reality is, because she stayed calm and didn't fucking move, so it just it left.
0: Yeah, and that's the see people see that the monster didn't attack her because she's claiming that she's got a direct line with God, and like God is telling her what to do. She comes very smug, which is what I like as well through the movie.
1: that smugness at the end like mad. oh my god it's mad. Fucking, <laughs> you but, fucking bitch i hated her i hated us she was like up there with umbridge from harry potter
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: the, the lady all in pink like i'm not a harry potter person by any means but that woman pissed me off
0: yeah i think you've got it as a so, note that it was shot in 37 days during the hiatus of the shield
1: yeah, so they used a lot of the crew from The Shield, which is clearly a TV show that I'm meant to know about.
0: Oh, um, The Shield is like a cop show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and that makes And the reason he did that is because he needed to get it done really quickly and then yeah. knowing that group for doing a really quick job and that actually had an A and a B team, so they shot it like television where they had like multiple angles getting filmed at the same time between cameras, which isn't really mm-hmm. done in film as much or it wasn't back then, you know what I mean? like. Because usually there's one camera and they film all the shots independently. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, this one was done very TV style. But you, did, I didn't get that from it. You know what I mean? I just thought yeah. it looked fine. Like, but yeah, those dudes, yeah. those dudes know what they're doing. They have to push an episode out every week, kind of thing. So
1: yeah, that's right. Um, I really enjoyed the the scene at the loading dock as well. So when they first opened up the roller door, but the mist doesn't come in; it just sort of stayed there.
0: Yeah, they and then like that, that
1: had. To- well, they did that with, um, it was like uh, controlling the temperature in the room as well as the the air pressure because, you know, if you open up a door, it would have just rolled in, but for some reason it just didn't. And, and I if you had really too much air pressure
0: that. in the room, it would have blown it all away.
1: Yeah. But, again, that's what I said last night. It's like you know how to get out of the mist, just giant fans. Just walk through, like fanning away the mist, you're fine.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the monsters wouldn't care if the mist isn't there.
1: <laughs> that's true. Um. I found that the you were saying about one of the monsters representing uh, Half-Life?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So basically the game, video game Half-Life is inspired by this novella from Stephen King. So yep. in the movie there's a, an army base at the top of a mountain and then the mist pours out of it with all the shit happening. In Half-Life there's Black Mesa in the army base at the mountain and – Gordon Freeman causes his experiment which which opens a hole to a parallel universe and that's that's Half-Life. And so these are two tied in. And there's actually the Car Park monster is one of the monsters from Half-Life that you you fight and and stuff. So number one, Half-Life is like, you know, one of my favourite games of all time. And then this is one like one of my favourite horror movies. So and that they merge together. So it's just all. Beautiful. Just it's a shame well. that TV show was so forgettable. <laughs> We've all forgotten <laughs> it. Um, As
1: part of me was just like, maybe I'll rewatch it, and then I, I think I was checking out the trailer while I was watching before I watched like a, an interview uh, with the director, and I kind of went, mm, yeah, maybe not.
0: Yeah. Nah. Just
1: continued to live my life.
0: So overall thoughts.
1: I loved it. I gave it four stars. I would one hundred percent watch it again. Probably not soon because I need to get over the Karen that is um, true. but yeah this was really good I kind of really regret not watching it sooner
0: yeah yeah well it doesn't matter now you've got it now now you have Well, it. now
1: I've seen it now I have seen it my life it. is just a little bit more complete every day
0: and it was good because I was trying to find a movie you hadn't seen
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> that's so hard when we run through movies you're like seen it seen it seen it yeah I haven't seen it, but you've seen it, <laughs>
0: that kind of thing. All right. Um, Let's yeah. move on. Let's move on to horror news. So each week me and Jen take you through the horror news that you need to know about it. Welcome, welcome to horror news.
1: news.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what's our first story? Okay,
1: we're back into Screamwatch 2020, folks, uh, oh. because Courtney Cox is returning as Gail Weathers.
0: So she hasn't. This was like this is the first we've heard of her coming back.
1: Yeah. So I mean, everything is in huge speculation. It has been for weeks. Uh, Nev Campbell's still in talks, uh, but Courtney Cox officially signed on. She is going to be Gail Weathers.
0: What about Arquette?
1: Oh, he signed on ages ago, but he I was, honestly he, don't think he had much else going on.
0: Yeah. Does really Courtney Cox have heaps of stuff going on? I don't know. Neither yeah. do I. Uh,
1: but she's got friends' money, so she's fine.
0: Friends money. She could yeah. do
1: whatever the hell she wants. Because so I watched Swim Scrim- of-
0: as, as we know, I watched Swim 4 the other day and she Yeah. Uh, she's had a lot of work done. She looks kind of not like she does yeah. in, in the first ones, or like she did in in uh Friends. Yeah. I don't know if you'd be friends with her if you knew her these days. <laughs> <laughs> She's, m- she's
1: certainly not gone to Jennifer Aniston's doctor, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's got it now, didn't she?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: She got it good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I mean, she she got a bit like um, her character in Scream Four was a little bit, you know, egotistical kind of. Uh, you know, you know, well, she, she's
1: always been egotistical. It's just now she's um, not as famous anymore.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: She's Trying to sort of claw her way back into the the media spotlight.
0: Um, is, is is that yeah. like a weird, um, you know, representation of her real life?
1: <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was good though. Like, she had this this super strong career the whole way, th- sort of through the franchise, and then you get to the the fourth one. She she decided to marry uh, Dewey, and they went off and moved back to Woodsboro. He became the chief of police, and she just sort of became like a housewife, is my understanding. Because um, yeah, you return to her, and she's trying to write a book. Because obviously Sydney Prescott has written a book, and she's all in the limelight now, and she wants back in that that light. So
0: mm. now, that great scene. So Neve Campbell's still not a yes on this.
1: She's still not a yes. Um, I I don't think they can go ahead without her. No. I don't and I don't want them to, um, but now that you've seen Ready or Not, because it's the guys that did Ready or Not, yeah. how confident do you feel that they're going to be able to do justice to Scream 5?
0: Well, oh, I think they definitely can. Heck and they, yeah. they're probably going to come out at, at a bit of a different angle because they, they clearly think uh, they've got a good like, head on their shoulders, you know, like the way mm-hmm. they handled Ready or Not. Um, a totally yep. fun film. but yeah. So I reckon they, they're really going to uh, – they could breathe new light into it. Um, I think so. And, I mean, for those who haven't seen Scream 4, really go watch it. You don't have to watch um, 2 or 3. Nah. It's basically just all based on Scream 1. And yeah. then uh, there's a little couple of mentions of other stuff that happens in number 2 and 3, but you don't really have to know. what. All you have to know is that, is that Dewey and Courtney Cox uh, – Arquette and Courtney Cox are married in it now yeah like um that's all you need to know and it just goes it does it really well like it's it's super it's super clever it's super awesome like it's got all those like in jokes it's got like lots of like callbacks to horror like the first one did in a really different ingenious way as well so worth having a look at
1: exactly like definitely definitely recommend that one yeah yeah so that was that was just a screen watch update because we haven't had
0: Scream Watch update for a while. Scream Watch 2020. 2020.
1: I love it. <laughs> we'll get shirts made.
0: Scream Watch 2020. Yep. I want to get. Hurt. I want to get a a, a t shirt of. Is it? What was it called? The what was Scream called in Scream Five? Stab. Stab. Yeah, yep. I want to get that, that bright green stab t shirt. You know that.
1: Yeah,
0: I used to have one of those. And because uh, like. Uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, within within the Scream universe, there's movies of the happenings that have happened because they've sold the rights to movie companies and it's called Stab. And yeah. um so they can do a lot of referencing of like the first one and the second one, Stab One, Stab Two, and Stab Three, which represent Scream One, Two, and Three in the franchise. Uh, yeah. So you get all these really, uh, I hate to use the word, but like meta conversations that they're like, no, that was from the first one and stuff like that. And it's just like, ah, uh, they're talking about that, but they're also talking about this, um, which yep. I thought was really good. But yeah, I want a stab T-shirt because it's bright green. I love green. I love green. It,
1: it's, you love green? Yeah. Uh, it's really pretty. If I find uh I'm sure you can get one on Redbubble, but fuck that. You want official? You want official properly done? I'll find you one.
0: Yeah, cuz I have I did actually it. look and found some, but they were like by the time I got shipping, they were like $70 t-shirts.
1: Yeah, that's my life, Dan. Oh. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my life.
0: Oh, no. All mm-hmm. right, what's our story number 2?
1: Okay. Um so, um this one is over at Dread Central. Um so it looks like the Hellraiser movie reboot will have new Cenobites, but only if they can get past Clive Barker's
0: lawsuit. So does Clive Barker's lawsuit not let them have new Cenobites? They have to use the old ones?
1: Well, <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's I how that article thought, reads. Yeah, so I would my understanding, um, because you know, I've got so many law degrees behind me. My my understanding is uh, they wouldn't have the rights to uh, like Pinhead because he is part of that sort of character design. So I'm guessing they would have had to create something new for these films if they don't have the rights to Pinhead.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if they're going to reboot, they can reboot. If you, I feel like if they're going to reboot, they should stay within the universe of Clive Barker's universe. But if there's a yeah. lawsuit going, they're just going to have to like, do it so far removed from it that what's the point? Yeah, of even doing it. If you do, you know what I mean. Like you just uh, this is a weird one because I not this is not to be mistakenly confused with the new Hellraiser film, um, that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, so I
1: I don't know, and this is this is the thing that is going to sort of like throw me because I I don't I don't follow this lawsuit the news that's happening with it but my understanding is the rights you you can't make the film without having the the whisper the little whisper of pinhead because he is what's going to sell and market this series and the movies and everything like that pinhead um, and his gash yep he's gash he's gonna flash his gash um so you kind of need him just purely for marketing purposes. Like he doesn't even need to be in it, or he could be in it for like 30 seconds. But oh, they no, need... they've,
0: they've done that before, you know, like heaps yeah. of times, just pop and pinhead in the last, you know, films that weren't a Hellraiser no, film. And what was that? It was like Inferno or something like that. Just yeah. had him in it for like 10 seconds at the end. Yeah. And then just, yeah. Sort... But you
1: better believe he was on the front of that cover because he's that marketing tool. He's the, you know, he's the face of Hellraiser. Well,
0: the um, thing is, like, so this this lawsuit is Clive Barker is suing to get the rights of Hellraiser back from like the yeah. franchise. So if he wants it, I mean, I mean, he can still write. Obviously, he still has like the novel rights because he's you know brought out the Scarlet Gospels and stuff, which is a Hell a Hellraiser novel and stuff like yeah. that. So he must have like you know the rights, to, but not he wants the film rights back. And to tell you the truth, yeah. like he should get them back because. Yeah. He is – it's his creation. He's still knee-deep knee thick into this universe. He's still writing the novels. The lore is out there. You know, there's, there's rules that can't, it can be bent and stuff like that, but they can't be broken in the Hellraiser universe. And I just feel someone else isn't going to get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like They're going to, like, go, oh, that Cenobites can do everything. Because a lot of the, the, the problems with Hellraiser franchise at the moment is that they think Hellraiser is pinhead. But Hellraiser yeah. is not. It's like, it's, a, it's about the world of, and we've been through this before, it's about the different yeah. gashes, which are like the teams of centibytes. It's yeah. about Leviathan. It's about, you know, like the gods of hell and stuff like that, the princesses and crap. Um, yeah. And so I. You, it's, it's a,
1: you've got to know the law. You've got to be deep into the law. And a lot of, I think, movie makers are probably not there. Like, I, I know at least maybe two or three off the top of my head that would be able to produce something like this because I know that they're like crazy deep into the Hellraiser lore and like they've either written comics for Clive Barker, um, they've been involved in all these ways but it's I think if you want to do it, you're going to need to have like some kind of deep deeper knowledge rather than just like a base like, oh yeah, it's like Captain America, he's that guy with that shield, let's make ten movies. Yeah, You need, there's more to it. It's not as simple as copy and paste onto a, you know, here's well, a I, new DVD.
0: Unfortunately, I feel like they have just been copy and pasting Hellraiser movies just to keep the yeah. license. So that's why. And that's
1: exactly what they've been doing. That's why we've not had a good one in a number of years is because every so often they have to make another one to keep the rights.
0: Yeah, I um, yeah, I want, so out of this situation, I want Cloth Barker to win. I want him yep. to create more more um, films, especially in this day and age. He's, he's a, If you look at the old Cenobites, like the original two films, practical effects up the wazoo. like, like You know, and effects that are like still cutting edge. Like, you know, as I said before, the chain effect, it still looks wicked. Like it coming yeah. out of nowhere and just going tight. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and it just looks fine. And, like, you kind of got to have an idea of how they do it. But, like, the fact is they did do it and, like, It just works, like the chains, and they're scary. Hell chains. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just it's just a matter of waiting and seeing. So we'll have Scream Watch twenty twenty. We'll have Hellraiser Watch twenty twenty. We'll just keep everyone up to date. Just
0: keep you, yeah, in case you, you know, yeah, you'll know. Also, keep an ear out on our podcast, and you'll know what's happening with Scream and Hellraiser.
1: Exactly, because you know you've got two massive fans. One of, well, two of Scream, and one massive fan of Hellraiser.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm not there yet. It's because yeah, you haven't you haven't done all the reading. Reading.
1: No, the reading. I did grab the book and I got about halfway through and then my life just got busy.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I, I mean there? Hellbound Heart. Yeah. You don't have to read that one. Like the, the film does a pretty good job of that, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like,
1: I, so far so good. But I as I get older, my attention span for reading, which sucks because I love reading, it just it's dwindled. I need like I don't even know what I need to be able to read anymore. I need like a, a quiet room, no distractions, no phone, and that's just never gonna. What
0: happen, I've been so. doing recently, and I know this sounds very old, old person because I am. I've been like going it. to bed a little bit earlier and reading in bed before I go to bed my novels. Do you on, know, on I traffic. like
1: go to bed at eight thirty? So
0: yeah, go to like, bed at uh, eight.
1: <laughs> go to bed at eight. Read a chapter. Yeah, man, I love it. I can
0: uh, do that. No, oh, I'm Thank looking you. forward to this. Um, as a cool. massive Hellraiser fan, um, I mean. I'm not looking forward to new Cenobites. I'm not looking forward to no. Cenobites created by people who aren't Clive Barker. Um, yeah. I'm not looking forward to people like, thinking that Cenobites are what Hellraiser is. Cenobites yeah. are just a part of it. They're just, they're, you know, they're, a, they're a, an offshoot from the world they come from. They're, you know, yeah. they're the front line of Leviathan. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But it's all going to be interesting regardless. So I'm very excited.
0: I am too. All right. So let's move on to our third one.
1: Excellent. Here's one for you, Dan. Well, here's one for both of us, but especially you, because I know how much you love the Evil Dead. I do. Uh, There is an Evil Dead Hail to the Deadites documentary coming uh, next month. It's premiering at the Fantasia International Film Festival, so I'm guessing it's all just going to be to be online Mm -hmm. um but this is a documentary about evil dead fans oh dear yeah i Um, don't know
0: much about evil dead fans like the i mean mean, there's a lot of people that love bruce campbell um but i've said this before like any anything that has a strong fan base Mm. um the loudest people in that fan base are always going to be the dickheads
1: it's true it's true. It's it's why I kind of don't like uh being on the bloody disgusting Facebook page. Sorry guys, I love your work. Your your Facebook page is rubbish. The oh, people on your Facebook
0: page is rubbish. It's because yeah. they're anti-women, anti-everything?
1: They are anti-women, they're anti you know, basically just anti-everything that isn't which is super misogynistic.
0: Yeah, weird, yeah. Yeah, As said, it's
1: pretty toxic over there.
0: The worst people have the loudest voices, and then, and then they give their whole vibe. Anyhow, I'm a great person, and I'm a fan of it, and I'm none of those things, so.
1: <laughs> it's true, you're a very great person. I don't know why they didn't um, interview me for this. I know. So, uh, through interviews with cast, crew, collectors, fans, freaks and geeks, Hail to the Deadite seeks to illuminate the darkest reaches of the Evil Dead franchise, Undying and still growing popularity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and this, what, which, what's this on? This is on popcornhorror.com.
1: Yes. Thanks, guys. Um, so I'm very keen to watch this because anything that sort of talks about fandoms is always super-duper interesting to me.
0: Yeah. I lot kind of love, like I love those horror documentaries.
1: Yeah. I love a horror documentary. I love horror collectors. Um, just in general realistically so i think this could be a really good one
0: yeah i like the horror uh, documentaries because they always talk about their other favorite horrors and i'm like if i haven't seen them i like this guy oh i see <laughs> the little list notes. and write them down like yeah the notes yep and uh, i
1: i mean i'm sort of i'm not like i don't have a huge presence on social media but i do follow a lot of people and a lot of collectors and a lot of um i don't i just sort of observe i don't really get involved in stuff but Mm. just watching all these people and their collections and a i'm like well how the fuck do you have money for all this and b i get so jealous that they can show it off and just like have it all out and about in the open um and i just love watching it so i can live vicariously through other people because i live in a very small cramped area because we're saving for a house so all my stuff is packed up in boxes just think
0: when you get your house
1: oh my god it's gonna be like a a, sh- a shop.
0: Going to buy basically. so many Billy bookshelves <laughs> <laughs> and eventually um, they'll yeah. break because they're made of cardboard at the back.
1: Pretty much. Um, for My massive vinyl collection.
0: Oh, yeah. Your pop vinyl.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, my huge pop vinyl collection. Yep.
0: Uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I, I was looking forward to this. I'm always like um, – I would actually prefer – it because I've just um, – I've just got acquired the Evil Dead Two documentary, which I didn't know existed. I just found mm. it recently because I was just in my travels of looking at stuff, and I've got that to watch. So, and that, but I think it's an actual making, which I'll be really interested to see them making stuff. And
1: yeah, yeah. oh, it's just like special fe- special features. I will I will spend thirty dollars on a DVD or a Blu Ray just so I can watch the special features.
0: Yeah, It's so true.
1: I'm definitely keen for some documentaries. Um, but looking at it, it looks like there's going to be like Bruce Campbell's in it because, of course, Ted Ramey, Betsy Baker, uh, Theresa Tilly, Ellen Sandweiss, uh, Tom Sullivan, Dick Hicks, all these people, um, and Bill Mosley. I love Bill Mosley.
0: All right. There's so, a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Keen to watch this. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for this one. And hey, we can watch it. We can talk about it.
0: Yeah, does that count as a movie?
1: Um, look, I, it's about horror. I'm happy to talk about it.
0: Uh, I might watch my Evil Dead 2 one and use that for next yeah. week.
1: And also, we can do what we want.
0: It is true. There are no rules here. I create these you know, rules, and then ha- I was talk- talk- telling you about that. I always create my own rules in life and then feel really bad when I break them. And I'm like, these are my own, my own rules. Like, yeah. why do I, like, with the, uh, you, know, the uh, you know, the order of what we do in the podcast? I'm like,
1: yeah. oh, but we the, don't do it that, that way. But, uh, <laughs> but we can so easy we can, we can do whatever we want i i mean i'm the same i'm very routine based i'm very organized based like i have to do it certain ways it's like you know so when it's not being done that way i start to freak out a little bit um so i'm kind of glad that you're a little bit as neurotic as i am
0: yeah i used to be really dirty because i never clean anything up now i clean everything It makes me feel better yeah now, right let's move on so <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that one as well. When is that? When yeah. is the release date for that?
1: Um, no set release date yet, but it is um going to be part of the Fantasia International Film Festival. So it will be this month. Um, it's going to be a virtual festival. So I'm not oh. sure if it's going to be something that we will be able to stream or buy tickets to stream, or we're going to have to wait a month or two for it to pop up on Amazon or something um but yeah we'll definitely keep an eye out because i think there's going to be a few of our listeners that are going to be super interested
0: sick all right yep. now we have to work out what homework do we have for next week
1: i mean i sort of shit the bed on munchies so i,
0: I think <laughs> you that's... really did is it my <laughs> that's my it's my um
1: okay, so i think you get to you get to shit the bed next week
0: uh, i'm trying to think what what i'm kind of like going between night of the comet have you seen that? Uh-huh.
1: I haven't.
0: Um, or there's like of unknown origin, which is Cosmatos and Peter Weller. Ooh. always like you know. I mean, I mean that's that. I mean that sounds like a marriage made in heaven. But then again, that was like Leviathan was the same mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. vibe as that. Sleepaway camp's always a good one, but you've seen that, haven't you?
1: I have seen that. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to point out that I've gone a whole week this week without seeing any dicks on film. I'm pretty happy.
0: I think I saw a, <laughs> a wang on something. I can't remember what it what was.
1: Was it? was it in Tremors? Cause
0: no, oh, I, I wish. Is, Get a bit yeah. of a, like, you Kevin Bacon
1: know. gets his hog out every so often.
0: His hog. He's, his yeah. boss hog. Yeah. There's also the video Dead. Have you seen that?
1: I haven't, but it is on my list of things to watch. It's kind I of really weird. like. I really like the poster.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like real low budget kind of vibes. Like, okay, um, it's like it feels like it's a shot in a video camera. You know what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: I think we should do Night mm-hmm. of the Comet because I've been like, do think, it. I, we've been thinking that. or what was the other one? I was um, no, nah, Night of the Comet. Let's do Night of the Comet. Cool. Uh so that is we need to look this up quickly. So if people wanna, you know, if they wanna. R- Watch Along With Us, I so mm-hmm. know what it is, it, Night of the Comet, 1984, directed by Tom, oh, Tom with a H, like Tom, mm-hmm. um, Tom. Eberhardt, Iber, <laughs> that's a hard one to say, uh, <laughs> so he's done stuff like, oh man, nothing really, yep, that's just like, oh, that's Naked Fear. Much. I was a teenage Faust. Sure. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Um, okay. But this one has like, I think this is like an Omega Man, but, but they came, they shopped, they saved the world. That's its tagline. Mm. 1984. So let's see what that's like. I assume it's sure. a horror film.
1: Um, I think it's like a horror sci fi film. Um, kind of like They Live. Like, yeah. Definitely kind of like they live, I think. Um, it is apparently streaming on Tubi. Um, Tubi US,
0: as, AU, yeah.
1: It says A-U-N-U-S, and as we've recently discovered, Tubi is a bit of a liar.
0: Yeah, um, that is true. I'm, I'm logging into it sorry. now. Night of the Comet, Tubi. It says it's here. Oh. Oh, wait This video is currently non-available. <laughs>
1: Fuck you. It's probably on YouTube, to be honest, because there's been a lot of really cool movies on YouTube. Like, that's where I found a bunch of stuff to watch.
0: That is true. Like, usually, like, you can find Night of the Comet, widescreen, full movie, 1984, YouTube. Done. Not very good quality, but, you know. Pretend
1: you're watching it on VHS. It's
0: 240p. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for that. I'm sure you guys will be able to hire it from your local video shop. Yep. All right. Well,
1: make it a blockbuster night.
0: Make it a blockbuster night. So, um, we've been television horror podcast. Uh, we are podcasting on all major streaming services across the globe. So go over there if you like what you've been hearing today. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all those, all those, uh, all that riffraff, and mm-hmm. um, give us a heart. Follow us give us a star rating, leave a review. Like all those things help us so much. So if you're if you're a, you know, if you're a, if you're a weekly f- listener to this podcast, please leave a comment on whatever platform you listen to it on every for everyone. It helps us out so much. Do a like on the YouTube. Do a do a star rating, do anything you can and that helps us out so much and we would appreciate it so much. We want to get some more listeners purely yeah. for egotistical reasons.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: We don't need yep. a Patreon because, like, I have a Patreon with my other podcast, and that has paid for everything already. So we don't have a Patreon. We we, we do all this stuff for you, hundred percent free. We don't get paid to do it. So if you just want to, if you just want to go over there, and all you have to pay is just a couple of clicks, a couple of comments, a couple of star ratings, a couple of follows, a couple of subscriptions, we will love you so much. Yeah, we love you in the horror way. We'll come over and get ninety liters of blood out of your paper cup. But um. It's true. We've also got Instagrams and stuff like that. So you can find us on all those uh, platforms and yeah. stuff. Um, do A little bit of personal housekeeping. I uh, also do a, a video game podcast over on YouTube called Hack the Dino, uh, Hack the Dino Gaming. Uh, I do that with a bunch of uh, other guys, Braden Dixon, Ben Rosenthal and Floppy Staric. So if you like video games and you want to hear a bit more of us or watch it, so it's a visual kind of thing or and it's a podcast. Um, head over there and, and search for Hack the Dino Gaming. Do all that kind of stuff. Also, um, I'm one of the owners of Greenlight Comics in Adelaide and at 18 Stevens Place. So come down there, get some horror comics. We've got a whole horror section, which I'm reboistering up at the moment. So Ooh,
1: yes, it's, it's, please, it's gonna more.
0: There's a lot of Clive Barker comics that we haven't had in a while, like the full omnibus of uh, not, uh, Nightbreed. It's done, oh. is out, and um, The Thief of Always, not The Thief of Always, um, The Great and Secret Show, which is done by the mm. artist of Lock and Key. So, okay. A whole bunch of them. Do you have any uh, housekeepers? No. You want to leave that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm right. not
1: ex- interesting. I'm really busy, so I don't have a lot of time to sort of dedicate to other fun things right now.
0: I guess um, your one is just this. This is, your, yeah, I should get you to read the first bit and then I'll do the second bit from now on. Yeah,
1: we could
0: do that. I will. Yeah. Um, and until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. <laughs>